And I want you to turn with me to the book of Genesis, to the very beginning of the Bible. Yes, we did have a great time at our camps, and uh, we've got a lot of things going on in this church. We've had still been giving out food to the needy every week, and we have a food bank that uh, we've had several donations to that this week. And if you know somebody, anybody that needs food, we want to give them a bag of groceries. And all you got to do is let us know or take it, pick it up today, take it to them. Take them a little Union Valley flyer and ask them if they can, if you can pray for them. It's one of the best things you can do to help people right now in this, in this time of need. There are some people still hurting that maybe still haven't been able to go back to work. And maybe they, you know, there's some people that have not been able to get some of the benefits uh, maybe there's people that just need a friend. They just need somebody to pray with them. That's what we're here to do. And we've got the ammunition. If you'll take it and run with it, do something with it. We've got it. The Lord's provided it. Amen? In Genesis, now Mark Lowry always made this joke. He said, I believe the whole Bible from Genesis to the maps. And I feel that way too. Genesis is the word of God. And in verse 1, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And God saw the light that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness and God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the darkness he called day and night. And the Bible says this was the first day. Verse 6, God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters. Now the firmament is the land. Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament, divided the waters which were under the firmament, from the waters which were above the firmament, and God said it was so. He called the firmament heaven, and in the evening and the morning were the second day. Now here's the thing. The atmosphere is heaven, but then the Bible also says there's a second heaven. He talks about the stars and the planets. The third heaven is where God is. So God brings up and changes everything out of nothing into creation of our planet. He creates water. He creates the atmosphere. He, he creates the land. And he also caused life on earth. God said, let the waters under heaven be gathered together in one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth. And the gathering together of the waters... Uh, he called the seas. Now, I've got to correct myself. The firmament was the atmosphere, and the land was what rose out of the water on the planet. So let me make a correction there. And the point is this. The water it's talking about at first is in the atmosphere. And so the Bible says the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And so basically what he's saying is God was in the atmosphere. Now, isn't that exciting? 
God was in the atmosphere. How many know that God is still in the atmosphere? How many know God is still in the world, in the water, on the land? God created everything that there is, and God's Spirit still moves upon people's lives today. It's not changed. I love that part where it says the Spirit of God moved on the face of the water. So let's keep reading verse 12. The earth brought forth grass and herb and everything after its kind, and the tree yielded fruit whose seed was in itself after its kind, and God said, this is good. And God said, let there be light in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night. Let them be for signs, for seasons, for days and years. And God, I'm going to stop right there, and uh, we'll look at another scripture in just a minute. But the message I have for you today is that God takes steps to finish what he started every single time. Jesus said, I'm the Alpha and the what? Omega. I'm the beginning and the... He never said, I just begin things. All throughout Scripture. And let me tell you, when you were born, when you were born... God had a plan for how it should end. Now, it's your job to find his plan. He won't force you. I've said this a few times lately. I'm trying to reiterate it because it means it's very important to me. There is a misstatement going around that says we're all talking about all human beings are all God's children. Let me tell you, that's not true. We are all God's creations. God created you. God created you. He created you with a lot of flaws. Why did he do that? I don't know, but he did, didn't he? He created us with a lot of flaws. And I think it's because he wants us to find perfection through him. God created us with flaws. It's not my job to point out your flaws. It's not your job to point out my flaws. It's our job to lead people to Jesus Christ who will fix those flaws. You can be born again, transformed, and then become the person you were born to be. He said it when he talked about the seeds there on the third day. Did you see that? Where it said on the third day he created the grass and the herbs and the seeds and when they're planted, they come out. When a, when a plant comes up, it doesn't look like a seed, does it? When a plant comes up, it looks like a new creature. And that's what Jesus said it's like. He said, I'm going to create you like a seed. And you got flaws and, and you, you, know, you don't even look that great. But when you come out of that ground and you're born again, then you're going to be beautiful you're going to be able to produce fruit. You're going to be able to produce vegetables or whatever kind of plant you are. And in a, in a human being's life, when we're born, we're not born as children of God. It's when we choose Jesus and we get born again, then we become a child of God and we can grow into something beautiful. That's the gospel. The devil has hijacked the gospel. And people have believed it. It is not true that we're all children of God. You have to choose to become a child of God. You see, Jesus said, I am like that kernel of corn. He was talking about himself. He said, I'm like that kernel of corn that has to be planted in the ground and has to wither and shrivel up 
in order for a new plant to come out. He was using an illustration to describe himself. He said, my body's going to be put in the ground, but on the third day I'm going to come out of that grave and I'm not going to be like I was. I'm going to be recreated to a resurrected body, a body that's fit to live in heaven. And he said, the same thing will happen to you if you choose to be my child. You see, you can be born again and your life will change and flourish. And then when this body dies, a new one will come to life in Jesus Christ, recreated. I know that next time that God gives me a body, he's going to give me a skinny one. Next time he gives me a body, I think I'm going to look kind of like Tom Selleck. Yeah. It's not that funny. I know. <laughs> I, you know, everybody's got these emojis. And these, uh, what do they call them? Avatars. And I've been, I, I put on my Facebook, I said, I keep trying to build an avatar, and this picture keeps popping up, and I put a, pop, a picture of Tom Cruise. Nobody believed it, not one person. I don't know what I'm going to look like. I don't know what you're going to look like, but I do know one thing. It's going to be perfection. The Bible says we will be perfected, completed. Hey, Seriously, the human race needs to get this in their head. This life is just the training ground for the real life. The real life is what we're after. We're seeds. And one day the angels are going to harvest all the souls of those that have grown up in Jesus Christ. We don't know when, but God took steps to create the world. He didn't just do it in one day. The Bible says he did it in, in six days and on the seventh day that he rested. Have you ever wondered why God didn't just snap his fingers and everything was just as it's supposed to be? He didn't do that. He took steps. I don't know why God does the things he does and the ways that he does them. I don't understand the mind of God and it's a mistake for me to try. I don't fully grasp exactly how God plans things out or what his purpose is in every situation. But I know there is a God. I know he created this world and I know that I am his child because I let his son rule my heart. You can too. It doesn't make you perfect yet. But one day, we will be. We are not perfect. We're forgiven. Amen? But one day, we'll be perfect. The Bible promised. Jesus showed us it could happen. He didn't just go to the grave. He came out of the grave. He demonstrated to us that, yes, a human being can be trained. See, Jesus was flesh and blood. Jesus' skin was skin. His color of his skin was, was melatonin level, just like you and me. Some of us are light, some of us are dark, some of us are in between. And I'll tell you, I have been trying so hard to let people know how I feel about that, and it keeps coming out all wrong. I want you to know, plain and simple, write it down, record it with your cell phone, get it off Facebook, whatever you want to do. This preacher right here has no room for racism. This preacher right here has no tolerance 
For bigotry and racism against people's color of skin. It is against God's will, against God's way. And if you're a racist and you don't like uh, dark-colored people, then you need to pray about it. You need to get saved. Because I'm promising you right now, you are not in God's will if that's how you feel. And that is between you and God. But I promise you, I am no racist and everybody in heaven is going to be the same. And Jesus said, when you're raised up to new life, it's going to be perfect. It's going to be perfect. I'm excited about that. God took steps to finish what he started in the creation of the world. And Jesus also took steps. Not only did he leave heaven, he came to a very poor family to be born as their child. Very poor he grew up working hard with his hands in the carpenter shop. It was no life of luxury for Jesus. He didn't have anything this world would want, except he had a really good mother and a really good father, and he served the one true living God. Isn't that awesome? If you have that in your life, you are so blessed. If you have a good mother and a good father, and if you serve the Lord, you are so blessed. And even if you don't have all those things, you still can be blessed. Even if you're on your own out there, <clears throat> you may be the only person in your family that even believes in the Lord. Believe me, he knows right where you are. He knows your name, and he's got you sealed in his book. If you've given him your heart. And if you haven't, you can today. You see, you don't go to heaven because of your mother. You don't go to heaven because of your father. On this Father's Day, I like to brag on the fathers that raised their kids in church. My father raised me in church. My father stopped preaching and gave me a whipping once in a while in church. And he liked to tell that story. I wish he was here today to tell it. You hear me? I'm proud that I had a, a father that raised us in church. But I'll tell you right now, it was not his decision for me to accept Christ. It had to be my own. It had to be my own. People need the Lord like never before. Jesus took steps. He didn't just, I think, really, I do believe this. I believe Jesus Christ could have stepped out on a cloud and just waved his hand, and every human being could have been turned into an angel or whatever to live in heaven. Couldn't he have done that? Couldn't God just totally have recreated the whole human race just like that? The Bible says that when, right before the flood, the Bible says that every imagination of people's hearts was evil. You know, they were wicked, they were perverted, they were always doing the wrong thing, you know, they're kind of like it is today, it seems like. But there's good people today, too. I'm inspired by the people who are taking a stand for what's right today, aren't you? I'm inspired for the preachers that are telling it like it is. I'm inspired for the pro athletes and the movie stars and, and even the kids at the lowest, little bitty kids that love each other and know Jesus and sing about I mean, everybody has an opportunity to do the right thing. No matter who you are, 
Jesus did not want to create another race like the angels. He wanted to create human beings. He said, let us make men in our image. Men and women made thee him. It says he made them male and female. He created them in the image of God. I'm not sure what all that means. When we get to heaven, we'll know. But I do know this. He did not want to create a group of people that just like zombies or slaves or whatever just followed him. He wanted us to choose him. And he took the steps. He came. He was born in a manger, raised up in a carpenter shop. He went around loving people and healing people. Did you know that they spit on Jesus and mocked him because he healed them? Did you know they tried to put him in jail because he healed and saved people? Did you know that they nailed him to a cross because he loved people that they didn't think should have been loved? Jesus took all the steps. I like that part of the story of Christ where he is walking with the cross up the road to Calvary. You know, he's already been beaten to the point that I know if I had received a beating like that, I would just be laying in a pool of blood. There's no way I could have gone another step. He was beaten so much that the skin was just ripped all over him. And yet he got up. And he picked that cross. That cross was not light. It was extremely heavy. Just try it sometime. Get you an old railroad tie and see how heavy it is to carry the cross for someone else. Jesus carried that cross and he took every step. Have you ever thought about it? When he fell beneath the load, what if he just had decided right then? I can't get up. I can't go another step. That next step changed the world. That next step saved probably billions of souls to get to go to heaven, all the way to Calvary. And then when he laid down on that cross, he did not have to lay down on that cross. Those Roman soldiers were not strong enough to hold him down. He was the Son of God. He was God in the flesh. He could have called 10,000 angels to destroy the world. He could have left any time he wanted to, but he didn't want to because he wanted to take every step. Because he knew you were going to be a liar. He knew you were going to steal. He knew that you were going to commit adultery. He knew that you were going to do things wrong. He knew that you were going to stray from the one true living God. And I'm saying you, and I mean me, and every other human being. Let's don't kid ourselves. We are sinners and have come short of the glory of God. There's not one man, woman, boy, and girl sitting in any one of these chairs here that has gone without sin. You and me do deserve hell but because Jesus took the next step we get to go to heaven he knew that we were going to be messing up and he went through with it anyway God took the steps to create everything Jesus took the steps to become that lamb of God that we sang about earlier
He chose to be the Lamb of God. The Bible says uh, John saw a vision of heaven. I love this story. John saw a vision of heaven, and he was the, the books of God's plan and his purpose are all closed and sealed, and they looked through heaven, and they tried to find one person, just one. I'm talking about in heaven, not looking for one person in earth, not looking for one person in hell, not looking for one person in the church. They looked for one person in heaven. Who was worthy to open that book? And it wasn't me. These preachers who are trying to preach that once you become a child of God, you're so holy and you're so perfect and you're so prosperous and it's automatically all... That is a bunch of bull. Let me tell you what we are. We are children of God that have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And He makes us holy only because our blood, His blood covers us. And when God looks at us, He sees the blood instead of our sin. He looks at us, He sees Jesus instead of us. He looks at us and He sees the sacrifice He made instead of the sins we've committed. We only have one hope, and that's Jesus Christ. He is taking every step necessary to get you to follow him but he will not force you he will not force you and so I want to talk about the Holy Spirit not only did God take every step to create us Jesus took every step to become our sacrifice but the Holy Spirit takes every step to knock on our door to reach our heart to pull on our heartstrings, to lead us through life. Aren't you thankful today for the Holy Spirit of God? The Holy Spirit brings us to the Lord and He gives us gifts. On Father's Day, I think about the greatest gifts. And I have five children. God gave me those five gifts. Those five gifts. And they have 11 children and... I was caught up with Joe Guzman till last night. And he got 12 about midnight last night. But I'm going to catch up again around Christmas. The greatest gifts. We have so much to be thankful for, don't we? He also gives us spiritual gifts. He gives us the gift of prayer where we can talk straight to God. For a thousand years, people were taught they had to go through a priest to get to God. How many know that never was true? It never was true, and it still isn't because the Holy Spirit has given you that gift. Prayer is the key that unlocks the door. And the Holy Spirit gives you that gift. You can talk to God and He will hear you. He will hear you. Spiritual gifts are listed in the Bible. Languages of angels, languages of men, healing, deliverance, a touch, the prayer, power of praying for others, to see people changed, discernment, 
discernment, what's real and what's not real. All of these spiritual gifts. He doesn't give all of us all of the gifts necessarily. I mean, I would love to have them all, and I think maybe some people do have them all. But I know one thing. If I just get one of those gifts, I feel like I am so privileged because I don't deserve it. He said, you'll see visions, you'll dream dreams. God said in verse 26, let us make man in our image. He's talking, he's saying our. You know, this is the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We don't fully understand that concept. There's one God, three persons, if you will, or three functions or three jobs. That's kind of how I understand it. I'm just one person, but I've got to be the father and the preacher and got to be the radio guy and whoever else Susie says I am. You hear what I'm saying? That's kind of like the Trinity. And so God says, let us make man in our image. And he did. And he said, God created man in his own image, and in the image of God he created them, male and female. He created males in the image of God. He created females in the image of God. He wanted us to grow a race that would choose him as Lord. And the Bible says when Noah, right about the time of the flood, that it had repented or made God sad in his heart that he had made man. But... Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, and God changed his mind. He, was, he had almost decided he was just going to do away with the human race. Woo! I don't know if I have ever been so discouraged by the human race as I am right now. But then on the other hand, I don't know if I've ever been as encouraged by the human race as I am right now. Can you all relate to what I'm saying? There's so much bad, and there's so much good, and it's all at the same time. And one day I'm thinking, oh, what could get worse? And the next day I'm thinking, oh, isn't that awesome? Look at the dilemma God must face. Look at the dilemma God must face. I know he wants to recreate this world and make it heaven on earth, and he's got all his children. But think about all those people. If he did it today, what about the people that were going to be saved tomorrow? What if Jesus had come back a month ago? Think about those five students that were up here. What about them? What about your family? And so God is struggling. When is the time right? It's the Holy Spirit that is taking steps to get the human race ready for the kingdom of God. The Holy Spirit is the one that knocked on your heart. Remember the day you got saved? Remember that day? Remember that feeling you had in your heart? That was the Holy Spirit knocking at your door. He took steps to win your heart. It wasn't the preacher. The preacher's just a man. The Holy Spirit touched your heart, taking steps to lead you. As a Christian, when you pray, have you ever felt that answer? When you pray, have you ever felt a peace that only God could give? When you pray, have you ever just felt a release like this is exactly what God wants? 
That's the Holy Spirit. Have you ever in your life maybe started doing something you know maybe it's the wrong thing and, and God's talking to you about it? That's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has taken all the steps needed. The point of my message is today, if He created us in His image and He took all these painstaking steps to create us and to create heaven for us, are you willing to take the steps needed to hear him say, well done? When you get there, I know you're like me. You want to hear him say, well done. But it requires steps. Don't give up. There may be something you're dealing with in your life right now, and you just don't see how you can face it. Just realize this. God loves you. He has never stopped loving you. And now it's time to take the next step. It's time to take the next step. He took all those steps for us. Me, my hands raised. I want to take the next step with Jesus. I want to take the next step with Jesus. How about you? Let's pray. Would you stand with me?